9 o'clock. It's Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine on the Jim Davis Show. If you've got a complaint, something you want to get off your chest, send it to us today on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. Whether it's people sitting at the gas pump after they already pumped their gas or whatever the case may be, NFL officiating. If you got something you want to comment on today, today's the day to do it. Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. Do want to mention this uh, very quickly that uh, we have the team's great Christmas uh, lights face-off that's going on right now. It's your time to shine. Three categories, best traditional. You can go uh, crazy with the Clark Griswold or crazy inflatables. Each category winner gets a $500 gift card from Orchard Mesa True Value and 500 bucks in cash. The entry deadline is December 11th, and all the entries will be added to... Uh, the Valley's online digital lighting tour map so people can check out your lights. Uh, powered by Modern Classic Motors and AAA Mountain Waterproofing. Enter your home now at the team1340.com. All right, it's uh, 9.01 and time to talk CSU Rams basketball and a little bit of football news as well with the voice of the Rams, Brian Roth. Talking CSU with the voice of the Rams, Brian Roth on the Jim Davis Show. With us right now, he's the voice of the 13th-ranked CSU Rams men's basketball team taking on DU tonight. Brian Roth joins us. Brian, good morning. How are you? Good. Good morning. How are you, Jim? I'm doing well. 13th-ranked. Boy, you got to love the way CSU's been playing that uh, very impressive win against Washington this past weekend, uh, 86-81. And, and you look at that victory, Joel Scott, 17 points. Uh, Josiah Strong had a really good game with 16 points. And Patrick Cartier, who's been on the shelf for the most part uh, during the, the non-conference slate, uh, getting on the floor and scoring 16 points. Uh, a very impressive game where uh, Isaiah Stevens uh, still played well, not as well as he he has uh, for the most part, but uh, but others really helped to pick up the load or carry that load against Washington in that win this past weekend. Yeah, there's no question. It was a team win, and, and I think the depth of this team is starting to show through a little bit, and that was the thing that talking to the coaching staff back in October and, and into November when the season started, it's like, look, we really like our depth this year. In fact, there's going to be guys on our team that um, are Mountain West caliber players that should be getting a lot of minutes that that might start getting a little bit frustrated with some of their minutes uh, as the season goes because we just don't have room in our lineup for, for some of these guys. And that depth showed through. You know, TSU went into that game without Jalen Lake. Uh, a kid who was really a returning starter from a season ago has been the sixth man so far this year. He had broken his finger last week, played in the Colorado game against the Buffaloes last week and played with a broken finger but had to get surgery on it. So they were already short their best perimeter defender. Then six minutes into the game, Nick Clifford got called with a flagrant tooth foul. I mean, Clifford's essentially the second-best player on the team and one of their best perimeter defenders. All of a sudden, he's out. So you're without basically two of your top six guys for that entire game. And then Isaiah Stevens picked up his third foul with six minutes to go in the first half. So he sat on the bench and thinking to yourself, whoa, uh, you know what? This just doesn't look like it's going Colorado State's way. Look, you're not going to go 32-34-0 here this season, right? You're going to fall at some point. And it just kind of felt like, okay, look, everything's kind of stacked against you this is probably a game Colorado State's not going to win. Well, I mean, this team just showed great resiliency in the second half, and they just got so many contributions from so many different guys. I mean, you mentioned Scott, Josiah Strong, Patrick Cartier, and Joe Palmer off the bench with 
uh, 10 points. Uh, the freshman Kyan Evans, the point guard, got thrust into 24 minutes of action. And they found a way to win that basketball game. I think it was probably the most impressive win of the season. And again, I know they beat number eight Creighton by 21 on a neutral court, which was darn impressive. But I just think the way they had to dig deep and find a way to try to pull a game out, they probably shouldn't have won, at least from a personnel standpoint. It, It was impressive, and it shows you a lot about just how good and how deep this Colorado State basketball team is. Yeah, and that win against Washington and Las Vegas at the Legends of Basketball, Las Vegas Invitational. I mean, just the, the second of two Pac-12 or you know Pac-12 victories uh, with with the win against Colorado as well. Uh, again, that uh, win against the in-state uh, rival, uh, along with the, like you said the, min- the victory against Creighton, a top ten team when when the Buffaloes beat them. This has been a very impressive resume that Nico Medved's team has put together. Yeah. Okay. So you beat an ACC team in Boston College, right? Uh, about two weeks ago. Yeah, Boston College is a solid team. Um, you know, where they're going to finish the ACC, we'll see. But that's a, that's a good basketball team. Obviously, beat Creighton. And then back-to-back wins against the Pac-12. And, you know, I mean, you see why Colorado State now is sitting at number 13. I mean, again, they, they popped into the top 25 at number 20 last week. And, and that was on virtue of their blowout win against a very good Creighton team, who, by the way, has since then gone to Oklahoma State and won. They went to Nebraska and won by like twenty nine against a, like a seven and one Nebraska team. So so Creighton has bounced back in a big way, but the Rams bolted to number twenty after that win against Creighton, and then the knockoff Colorado. Colorado's really good. I'm not sure how deep they are, but Colorado is good. I mean, with KJ Simpson, he's a bona fide stud. Uh, Tristan De Silva, and then the freshman Cody Williams for. Colorado again. He's a five-star kid. Played at McDonald's All-American, as I'm sure you guys know. I mean, he had 21 in that game at Moby Arena last Wednesday night. All of them coming in the second half and almost single-handedly tried to wheel Colorado back into that contest in which CSU had built a big lead. So um, that was a really good win at home. And then you know a Washington team that uh, you know we'll, we'll see how they do the rest of the year, but a Washington team that. That could be a, a middle of the pack, maybe even top half Pac-12 team here this season. So I, I think voters look at that and say, look, this is the Colorado State team that they don't just have the Creighton win, right? They have other wins to complement the Creighton win. And, and that's why CSU is you know ranked 13th, the first net rankings, which the selection committee uh, uses. Uh, for the NCAA tournament, came out of Monday. Rams were seven there, and I think Ken Palm has the Rams at 20. So the metrics like the Rams and uh, the voters in the AP and coaches poll also like the Rams and really for good reason. Rams play-by-play voice Brian Roth with us today on the Team Sports Network. Should mention, too, that the, the CSU men and the women's basketball teams both still undefeated and Rams uh, men's team at 8-0 right now. Just one of four in the nation to have both basketball programs undefeated right now. That's uh, Ryan Williams' team's playing well just like Nico Medved's team is, is playing really well at this juncture. Yeah, and they uh, the women have uh, picked up a couple of road wins, too, which is always good. They won at UTEP down in El Paso uh, earlier this week. In fact, it was uh, late last week. And then one in San Francisco against the uh, Dons of USF. So they they have a really good point guard. I'm sure – I don't know how much folks out there on the Western Slope are familiar with CSU women's basketball, but uh, CSU women – um, they were picked to finish second in the preseason Mountain West Conference poll, but had the preseason player of the year on the women's side, the gal named McKenna Hopshield. 
she is so much fun to watch. A kid that averaged, I think, what, 23 points and almost eight assists last year for Colorado State. She's doing the same stuff this year. She is worth the price of admission. My kids absolutely love going to the women's game, and the big reason is because McKenna Hopshield. She's fantastic. And stands, I think they list her at 5'5", but she can't be more than 5'3", and just tearing it up in the Mountain West. Brad Rothwitz, the CSU Rams, joining us today on the Team Sports Network, bouncing back to the men's uh, team with Isaiah Stevens who was, was named the, the Mountain West uh, preseason player of the year, wooden top 50 preseason list, uh, one of 20 players for the Bob Cousy preseason watch list, where Isaiah Stevens right now, already viewed by a lot of people, Brian, as one of the better players in the country, and he's even added to that that resume of the season, the, the start that uh, Isaiah Stevens has gotten off to. And Jim, he's he's so good, and, and sometimes stats, even, even though the stats are are very nice. I mean, averaging, what, 17 points per game, uh, what, seven and a half, eight assists per game. It's, you know, shoot, I think he's shooting, with 45% from three. I mean, the stats all look good. But he's just he's just so much better than just what the stats show you. And, I mean, he just controls the game. Every second he is out there on the floor for Colorado State. It does a great job of getting others involved. But if you need a bucket... He's a guy that can go and get you a bucket when you desperately have to have one. And, you know, you look at the Colorado game last week, and, and again, this goes back to how good the CSU team in general is. Rams were up 15 against Colorado at halftime last Wednesday night, and Isaiah Stevens had two points. I think he had seven or eight assists, right? And so he knows how to affect the game in so many different ways. And then the game gets to the second half. Colorado starts making a run. They're, they're making everything. And CSU needs answers. Well, who do you go to? You go to Isaiah Stevens. He ends up with 18 points in the second half alone in the Colorado game and ends up with 20 points, I think uh, 11 or 12 assists for the contest. And he is just in control every single step of the way. And that could be a one-man press break for you, late stages of the games as well. So he's so smart. So good, and, and Jim, he is the ultimate competitor, and I, I think that kind of is what makes him stand out more so than than some other guys. That might be a little bit better athletically, but nobody wants to win more than that kid, and he has won many, many games at the collegiate level. And I mean, that's just something that's invaluable. I mean, you just you can't you know teach that to somebody; they have to go out and. Accept Experience, right? I mean, like confidence is, is gained through experience. You can't give somebody confidence. They have to earn it themselves. And, man, that is a confident basketball player. He's fun to watch. Brian Rothbois, the CSU Rams, with us today on the Team Sports Network. Tonight, uh, the Rams entertain uh, the Denver University Pioneers. Pioneers off to a, a good start at 6-3, and three, and they've won their last four games. Uh, Jeff uh, Wolbrun is uh, coaching that team. He's in his third year coaching the Pioneers, but uh, it's a Pioneers team, uh, Brian, that just looking at some of the numbers here, Tommy Bruner's averaging about uh, almost 24 points per game, but they, they kind of make uh, their hay by getting to the foul line. Pioneers are really good at that. Yeah, they are. In fact, uh, just uh, in fact, sitting here right now doing my prep work for the game tonight, yeah, they are sixth in the nation in uh, field goals attempted per game at just about 29 field goals, uh, sorry, free throws, free throws attempted per game sixth of the nation. They get to the free throw line, 29 foul shots uh, per contest. And 
they get they have some guys that that can light it up. You mentioned the Bruner kid. I mean, averaging twenty four points a game, he's second highest scorer in the entire nation. And then they have some uh, transfers as well. I mean, everybody does these days, right? I mean, you look at anybody's roster. It's like, all right, how many of these guys were playing elsewhere last year? And they have some of those guys as well. Uh, point guard and Jackson Brenchley that spent the last four years at at the University of Utah. And then another kid that was at UTSA that's a big-time player for him this year, too. So, you know, it's it's good to kind of step back a little bit. And, again, no disrespect to Denver, but just a little bit lesser of an opponent, again, after the stretch that we just talked about. You know, ACC, Big East, Pac-12, Pac-12. Now you get to go to the Summit League against the DU team that was sub-500 last year. And I know isn't expected to do a whole lot in the Summit League. Not that the Rams can say, okay, we're just going to roll the ball out to win tonight, although they might be able to do that. But it, it is nice not to know, hey, this is another game where you better bring everything you got if you want to come out with a victory. But make no question, I mean, Nico Medvin, the coach staff, is drilling into the guys' heads here tonight. You better come out and be ready here because, yeah, all the accolades are nice. The rankings are nice. The attention, very, very nice. It's good to have. But it doesn't mean anything if you if you can't come out and get the job uh, done against a you know a team that's in the in the two hundreds two fifties when it comes to net ranking. Yeah, I'll, I'll quote our our local Colorado Mesa baseball coach Chris Hanks. You got to watch out for the attaboys because uh, you, you know, you're, because Rams are getting Rams are getting a ton of attaboys right now, and uh, right. sometimes that right. that that catches teams like ah oh, du they're they're okay but they're not great and. You know, look, we're the 13th ranked team in the nation. We're undefeated, and sometimes that uh, that catches team off guard. Teams off guard. I I don't think that is the way Nico Medved and uh, the Rams are comprised. Though this seems like a, a a deep group, and you know, certainly with Isaiah Stevens and uh, with the addition of Joel Scott, it's a it's a really talented group as well. We're talking with Brian Roth today, voice of the CSU Rams. So uh, win against DU tonight. You'll have one against Colorado, uh, Northern Colorado. Uh, down the road, it's uh, you got a couple teams out of uh, the RMAC and, and CSU Pueblo and Adams State, and of course Air Force. When you get into conference play, it's a it's a chance to to complete a state sweep. Uh, it's too bad Colorado Mesa couldn't get on the schedule. That'd be a lot. That would be a lot right. of fun to see uh, to, to maybe uh, go over to Fort Collins, call call the Mavericks taking on the Rams, get a chance to to, to call a game together. They're always to the same area, Brian. Have we ever done that? I don't think I don't know if we have. Maybe a high school game at one point. Maybe a high school playoff game. Probably a high school game at one point. But, yeah, uh, I think I think that's yeah, been the no, case. Yeah. Perhaps there's a time when Mesa was here, but uh, you were uh, probably still with the football team. Probably. I'm sure we can call out a Mesa in basketball at some point. A preseason where it's in the month of November. Where I'm sure we probably. Football. Yeah, I'm sure we have somewhere, but it's it's been a while. It's been a day or two. Yeah, it yeah. has. Now that's too bad that we don't we don't have. On the, guys are dodging us. You Rams are dodging them. Hey, you guys are dodging us. You're dodging the Mavericks. <laughs> Mike DeGeorge's team's a good one this year, man. It's a good basketball team. Oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> well, I'm sure they are. <laughs> you know, tug <laughs> it, tug <laughs> it, cheek on that. I know you're not. You no, know, there's no way the Rams are dodging, dodging the Mavericks. But uh, they've, uh, they, yeah. they, but you're a you know, couple of RMAC schools on the schedule though uh, coming up. But the the big one after tonight though is St. Mary's. Out of the West Coast yeah. Conference, everybody thinks about Gonzaga all the time, but but St. Mary's is always that other really really good team. BYU at times as well uh, out of that conference. Yeah, well BYU's not the conference anymore. Right, they, they used to <laughs> they're, be. They're in the Big Twelve, right? 
they, they used, I should say used to be in the used, conference. Yeah, it used to be. Okay, yeah. Well, it's funny. I was doing a scoreboard update a couple of weeks ago, and I, I had mentioned that BYU out of the West Coast Conference. And my color analyst, Dad and I got, looked at me, and he was shaking his head. He's like, uh-uh. Not anymore, like, man. My bad. BYU out of the Big 12 Conference. <laughs> it just seems um, really odd. <laughs> well, yeah, you watched. I was watching uh, yeah, in football. It was BYU playing UCF. I'm like, oh, this is a strange non-conference game. And then I started thinking, it's like, Wait a minute! That is a Big Twelve conference. That is game. a Big Twelve matchup. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, but no, uh, St. Mary's is really good, and they have struggled this year. I mean, they have really struggled. I mean, Weber State came in and beat them, and you know, Weber State's picked to win the the Big Sky, but lost them to Weber State. San Diego State beat them by twenty plus. They just lost up in Idaho to Boise, and, and so they have struggled. But I mean, remember when you looked at the preseason rankings. They were picked to win the West Coast Conference over Gonzaga. Uh, obviously, Gonzaga's had much better start to the season, and they're really good. Uh, but St. Mary's is struggling, but they are a team, certainly, that Colorado State's going to have their hands full with. And, and the metrics all still like St. Mary's. They have played a really, really tough schedule. So, yeah, I mean, when you looked at the non-conference plate for CSU, obviously the Creighton game stood out. Um, you know, the Colorado game stood out as, you know, some of the really tough teams. But but the St. Mary's game was right up there, uh, just about at the very top when you looked at the non-conference play and said, man, that's going to be a big one. That's going to represent a big-time opportunity to get a resume-building win at the non-conference. So uh, Moby's going to be rocking tonight, going to be rocking on Saturday as well. And I think uh, certainly on Saturday the, the, the Moby crowd's going to have to be there because that's a good St. Mary's team. Yeah, the Gales come in uh, right now four and five, uh, leading up to that game Saturday over at Moby Arena. Brian Roth with us today, voice of the CSU Rams, joins us every Wednesday on the Team Sports Network. Uh, wrap it up with some football because on on Friday the announcement came down through the the Pac-12, Pac-2, uh, the scheduling agreement with the Mountain West Conference. Uh, give me a reaction to this. Is you know, is it going to be eventually a, a merger between the two? That remains to be seen, but at least for right now. It's a it's somewhat of a lifeboat, if you will, for for the the Pac two or the Pac twelve. Yeah, I mean, this is really the only option forward, at least in the near term, on what uh, Washington State and, and Oregon State could possibly do. And again, they're still trying to figure out what to do with the Pac twelve money, right? And and the lawyers are involved, and and you know. Uh, that are leaving want a piece of the Pac-12 money, Washington State, Oregon State, saying, no, we're, we're keeping all that money. And so that thing is going to be tied up in, in litigation for a while and, and, and certainly isn't going to get resolved before the start of the football season next year or anywhere close to, to start planning for a football season next year. And so that really is the only path forward is, is to go into a scheduling alliance. You know, we, we, we heard uh, their athletic director's President's talking about this back in August and and into September uh, when you know Washington State came and, and opened up their season at CSU the start of September uh, that this was probably going to be the way moving forward next year. Now what's going to happen after that? I, I don't know. I was uh, sitting down with our athletic director Joe Parker yesterday and I, I asked him the same question. I'm like, all right, so scheduling alliance here this year and again what the scheduling alliance is in the Mountain West. All Mountain West schools are going to play seven conference games and then one game against either Washington State or Oregon State, whether that be home or away. Uh, but what happens 
next year and the year, the year after and the year after. And I asked Joe Parker that, and he said, anybody's guess. Uh, obviously, there, there, there could be a merger, but just nobody really knows at this point because there's so many financial and, and legal things that are still up in the air. But uh, it seemed like the, uh, the best path forward going to next year because, I mean, Jim, at the end of the day, I mean, Washington State and Oregon State, they need people on their, on their uh, schedule, right? I mean, they, they, you got to have to play somebody. And when they are sitting there without a league, it's, it's hard to do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a short-term solution. What the, what the long-term uh, end game is, I, I don't know. And for right now, it's just for football. It does not, uh, they haven't got to any kind of right. agreement for basketball or any other sports with the Mountain West. And so that, that leaves, you know, that part of it uh, very much up in the air. One thing I have read is that the possibility of, of the Mountain West, essentially that leadership group would, would bring in, would bring in Oregon State and Washington State. And that would be the merger and it'd be the, the Pac West or, or what, whatever you want to call it. But the Mountain West and its current leadership would be the ones guiding the way in in some sort of new new conference, including those two schools. Right. Yeah. That's pretty much. It looks like the path forward at this point. I just gotta say, I feel absolutely terrible for Oregon State and uh, Washington State too, Jim, because here they are. They they have set their budgets right, and they're operating with uh, you know the state of mind of, hey, this is the amount of money we're getting annually from the Pac-12, which, you know, $35 million per year. Well, all of a sudden, that $35 million basically is going away <laughs> next year, and that's why they're in the litigation in the courts right now. But, you know, you've, you've planned as if you've had this income, right? It's having a job where, say, you're making $100,000 a year, and then the next thing you know, hey, next year, you're going to be making $20,000 a year. Well, <laughs> you got to do a whole bunch of rebudgeting. And I know there's a lot of capital projects on each of those two campuses where you were planning on that $100,000, right, to renovate the bathroom. Well, the bathroom's being renovated. All of a sudden, you're only going to make $20,000 next year. It's like, that's a problem. And so they have yeah. some, some serious financial issues that they're looking at. Can you take that vanity back? Can you take it back to, uh, you know, Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever? Can you take that back there? Can you do that? Or back to troughs. Yeah, exactly. Can you can you take that back to the to the store because uh, we can't afford that now? Uh, yeah, we we can't pay you to do this right now. It's like, well, good luck. Can you? Oh, is there a way can can you put a tarp over that part of the shower that you didn't tile? I mean, for at least for right now, can we can we do something there? I, yeah, it's it's gonna it's a it's a difficult spot that both Washington State and Oregon State are in right now. But it certainly sounds like a, a merger is definitely on the on the horizon. Uh, between uh, the, the two parties. Hey, Brian, I appreciate it. Have a great call tonight. Uh, uh, thrilled for you to get a chance to, to call an undefeated basketball team right now, nationally ranked at, thir- at uh, number 13. Appreciate the time as always. Yep, indeed. Thanks, Jim. Take care. Brian Roth, voice of CSU Rams, joining us on the program this morning. Catch it on the Varsity app, by the way, when uh, the Rams take on DU tonight. All right, Jim along with the Buckeye boy. Text or call us. 970-242-1340. It's Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Somebody's going to win a bottle of Talon Wine, the perfect holiday gift, by the way. Talon Wine for the wine lover on uh, your gift list. All right, uh, 924. We will take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we've got this day in sports history. Got a lot of garbage time stuff. Um, 
a little, let's get some news on the XFL USFL merger, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. I saw yeah. it's, uh, it's going to be on question mark. That's um, that your, your news. Uh, just more that it's, that's part of it also that because this had to go through the justice department and all mm-hmm. that. About it, the merger being oh, it's happening. You know, it's going to happen. So uh, we'll we'll talk about that coming That's up. That's all we know. Text or call us. Chick Fil A breakfast team phone line nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. It's the Western Slopes home of Colorado sports. Come on, this is the Jim Davis Show. Welcome back. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Got something uh, on your mind today, NFL officiating, how people drive, people not picking up dog poop, whatever's on your mind today. Text or call us, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. Anything else you've got on your mind today that... Been, you've been fairly uh, positive today. I, ever since you yeah. got married... You've been been pretty good, to be quite honest. You don't get crabby about stuff. Karen's been good for you, man. She has. Yeah. Which I know it's uh, good for the show. But though today you got a little chippy. We got chippy earlier. We got chippy, yeah. In the clock hour. Just uh, not as many things bother me as they used to. Why do you think? Is it age? Is it because you, you're married and your life's more... more st- I didn't say the word hey, stable. Damn near dying no. from COVID helps that a some, lot. Created some not perspective. really worry about what's happening at the gas pump or the car. You know what I mean? That creates some perspective. It's I agree. kind of a, a dowser for the whole point of wine about it Wednesday, I guess. <laughs> but that also makes it be like, eh, this is, that's low level that, kind of things. That's you know? a good thing. That's a good thing. So. All right. We've got some things to, to dive into. Um, you know, we always like talking. At least I certainly do. Mm-hmm. All you know, spring football, offshoot weird football. Let's love offshoot weird football yeah. leagues. I've always loved it. And so, federal antitrust regulators, they uh, they have approved regulators. The mer- Regu- mount up, mount up, lawyer up. Um, this case, the federal antitrust regulators agreeing to the merger of the USFL and the XFL. And so they will. I said, woo. <laughs> And uh, those representing the league, most notably The Rock, tell us what's cooking, that they plan on, no response to that. Brother. <laughs> that they intend. I don't have any Rock uh, yet. Okay. I, I should get some Rock. Another be a response of some kind of him saying what's cooking with the, the new joint venture, uh, that they are going to be on the field March 30th as a combined entity. But which fields, who's playing, the players, where it's at, where you can watch it, all of that's TBD. Because the we rules. know that NBC is out. Yep. That uh, Be gone. NBC sports, uh, per, uh, sports spokesperson Greg Hughes said, we enjoyed our relationship with the USFL and Fox, but the new earlier schedule made it impossible for us to continue. We wish them success with the new league and their new partners. You know why it made it impossible for them to continue? Because of <clears throat> golf. Golf. 
take that live tour. We're dropping <laughs> the USFL to carry your competition slash partners. Which I would say for NBC at this point in time, that's a good call. Yeah, probably. Not that we like the whole live thing, and that's mm-hmm. not, not a commentary about that. We've expressed our concerns about yeah. the Saudi government and those Go kind of things. Golf and you're going to like it. You're but, covering golf and you're going to like it. But just from a broadcast product standpoint, that's a good move by NBC. Yeah, it's probably a lot better to have Tiger and Rory uh, as opposed to whoever couldn't beat P.J. Walker out for Jordan a job Tiamu. last year. Yeah, exactly. Whoever. Cameron Ward. No offense, although he might be the next Ohio State quarterback. So he'll actually get eyeballs on NBC next year, <laughs> not the USFXFL. So we don't know what's going to be called yet. We don't have any idea what the name is going to be. But there'll there'll be some new name for the league. We also don't know who the teams are going to be. Yeah. Uh, We we do know this much for those of you that, the the two of you that potentially care. But we're still going to talk about it. Uh, That St. Louis, the Battlehawks. Naturally. They've been selling tickets. (laughs) So... Apparently, there's some some certainty that St. Louis was that it was one of the probably yeah. the most successful franchise. Well, they're in the black because they don't have any cost yet, so they're just making money, right? <laughs> so they're they're selling tickets for an upcoming whatever season, right? What are the leagues going to be called? But there's they're each had eight teams, and one story that I saw just kind of just looking through some stuff that there's good possibility it's going to be eight teams and that's it. Could we see four from the USFL, four from the XFL? Is that accurate? Is it going to be more than eight teams? Is it going to be 16 teams? It seemed the neutral site location, the hub thing was not a bad idea where, right. where they, where they, trained at one spot. I think it was in, in the Dallas, Dallas area. Metroplex. And then and then they went to games. They flew to, to cities to play. Mm-hmm. I, I think the whole thing, like playing in Canton, playing in what Memphis or whatever, yeah. it's a terrible idea. That's a, that's a bad idea. They need to play in home cities. They could do, they could have 16 teams, but the problem is what they're trying to do kind of precludes them from, like they're trying to fill 50,000 seat stadiums and most places that's just not going to work which was great about like the Washington Defenders they played yeah. by the Audi Stadium they which played is in the, the soccer stadium MLS Stadium you know and if they can make that happen to where it's a 15,000 13,5 whatever and it's pretty full that would be great that's a lot better atmosphere having 10,000 and 5,000 empty seats than having 10,000 and 50,000 empty seats. It just looks bad when you're at, like, the Iron Bowl or whatever's in Birmingham there, and there's five people there. There's more people doing Dom DeSandro's job, which is on-field security. <laughs> than they, their, their patrons. Right. It would look like an idiot on the field with five security after one person if everybody rushed the field because there's that many people. <laughs> But the XFL... It makes for crowd control to yeah. be great, though, if somebody rushes the field in that situation. You know what you do? Four hubs of four teams. Do a West Coast, South, Midwest, East Coast. And um, you do your hubs, 
and then you go play in home cities, and you keep all your teams. And, and you and you look at cities like San Diego. Mm-hmm. San Diego would be a, the Alliance of American Football did that. Yeah, go to cities that don't have teams right now, where, and they can play at San Diego State Stadium, which is I forget. It's I think it's like. 35,000 or small, smaller so, size. So yeah. it'd, be, it'd be okay. The, the optics wouldn't mm-hmm. look bad. And you go there and you play. And then you, you play another, uh, you know, Salt Lake. Because I think uh, Lions. going to say that. Salt Lake. I think they play. Real there. Salt Lake. Uh, and and go, you go play there. It's Rio Tinto or something. You can find, it's... you know, if you can schedule it around mm-hmm. their their matches and, and make, make that work. If you want to completely create the league from the bottom up again, you can do that. You can take the existing teams, but I'm I'm with you. Like your West Division could be San Diego, Salt Lake, Portland, and maybe Seattle, Seattle or Bay Area. Or something. Seattle got decent. Yeah, they got decent support numbers. Or the the Sea Dragons. You know, but the, who, yeah. Portland's. You don't need to. They're never going to get an NFL team because one, they're never going to get a seventy thousand seat stadium built there. It's never going to happen. And two, they're not going to get that many people. I don't think, but. The what is it? The Timbers, yeah. The Their ownership Timbers. could you could franchise out a team and they could use that stadium. All these owners would love having more gate at their stadium. That's why the there's turf in all of these football stadiums, so you can have Metallica and Taylor Swift and Garth Brooks and whoever else roll into these stadiums. And there's eighty thousand people crammed in there. You get the parking concessions, the gate, the whole thing. As opposed to just having your nine or eleven football games, so there's a way to do this. I just think that they're aiming too high too early with these leagues, and that's why they pulled out of New York because they played it. They played at MetLife, yeah, and there was ten people there, and it looked and the, and the optics were terrible. Like you can find tickets for Jets and Giants games right now. Why am I going to go watch the New York? Guardians or whatever they they were called, like the, the the stadium in Portland where the Timbers play. It's mm-hmm. at Providence Park Stadium. Seats twenty five thousand. Perfect. Yeah, you don't need more than and that. Even, and even half full looks better than than a half yeah. full seventy thousand Lumen Field. Very true. And you yeah you create a hub, mm-hmm. and that's how you do it. And you play in and you play in home cities so you can develop a, a fan base. Right. I know they want to sell franchises. And they could, if there's some success, get billionaires that mm-hmm. say, sure, you know what, I want to, I can't, maybe I can't own an NFL team, but I can own this. Yeah. I just don't think you can do the neutral site long term because that's never going to build your fan base. And you're already fighting an uphill battle with mm-hmm. it being spring football. And what's going to be? Come to Radio Shack and meet Portland whatever's quarterback, you know? Yeah. You can't do that with, like... Russell Wilson's not going to roll into a car toys. He might, but it's very unlikely. Yeah, probably but not. You could build your fan base kind of ground up, grassroots, however you want to call it. You just got to want to be in that area. And you can maybe get the NFL to, to view it as somewhat of a developmental league, though I don't think you want to go around touting it as that because no. I think that hurts. Because it's viewed as minor league. We're completely unaffiliated. You want it, you and maybe our guys can go mm-hmm. there. You have their contract structured. If an NFL team signs them, yep. fine. If you want to do that, but you've got to develop it where there's only there, there's 32 teams in the NFL. 
now teams can carry three quarterbacks that still, though, there's a lot of guys mm-hmm. that can't play. And if you could go to, to cities that may may never get an NFL franchise, like a Portland, right, or the fan or the fan support's been strong enough, like it's been in Seattle, or or San Diego, which I don't know if they'll ever have a shot at an NFL team ever, unless it's relocation. Mm-hmm. Probably never have another shot at it. But you you build fan support and guys may not be the NFL, but it's not bad. Right. And and they and they're they're paid a decent wage to play in that league. And you and you have to build some support, fan support, continuity of the roster. Mm-hmm. And there is that opportunity for the NFL to to look at it as, hey, we we're gonna pluck a player, you know, player two uh, from this league. But like I said, do you, I, to me, you don't advertise it as it's a developmental league because just not not a good way to go. And and, it, and your marketing. It sounds childish and petty, but if your quarterback Jordan Tamu gets signed to an NFL roster, don't tweet it out. No. Don't be like, well, look at this. This guy's moving up. Like, no. Do what the NFL does. Like, And, you know, I was going to say this about the Garrett Bowles thing. We have a little bit of time now. That is, I juxtapose that with baseball. Whereas every team, you go on to X, Instagram, Facebook, every team this week has something with one of their players, for lack of a better term, getting ambushed with the Walter Payton nominee stuff. And they're all great because they don't see it coming. The Browns had, they were doing their mini microphone interview in the locker room. And it's like, hey, what did you feel? What did you feel? Hey, you're the nominee. And the guy was beside himself. Garrett Bowles, they had him read the letter announcing his nomination. That was awesome. Roberto Clemente nominees, they show up on MLB Central. It's like, they already know. It's like, this is exactly what, there's no surprise. There's no, you know, organic moment. It's, they get a, you know, certified letter, and no one's there to see it. This is what the the smaller offshoot leagues need to carry themselves like. This is the football you want to play. And if you go to the NFL, great, fine, fine. You're going to go watch them. You love college football. That's great. But, but we're your team. Yeah, like Jordan Tamu. He signed to be the Browns' seventh quarterback this season. That's fantastic. Don't go like, hey, good job, buddy. It's like, no, you lost a guy. Yeah, the NFL may have taken one of your guys. Don't celebrate that, because then that puts you underneath Absolutely. the NFL, and everybody's going to feel you that look way like too. you are you're subservient to them. Yeah. We already know you're, you're the below little, the NFL. Yeah, we 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 don't need you to tell us that. Right. You don't. We don't need you to be. Hey, look, we're a feeder league. No, you're not. Pretend, pretend like you're a legitimate football league. Mm-hmm. There are practice squads that could beat you guys. You're not a feeder league. Very true. I mean, that's what's cool about the USFL was. The original USFL mm-hmm. was... It was competition. They were competing with the NFL. Right. And not that that's probably ever going to work ever again. And I don't think they should try. But you can act like you're a, a professional football league mm-hmm. that's trying to build tradition, trying to build a fan base, and trying to have some sense of roster continuity because maybe your right. guys just aren't... They just aren't good enough to play in the NFL. Still really good. Mm-hmm. You go watch college football, Division One level, and a lot of these guys... Are the guys going to be on these teams? And it's, they may not be NFL level, but yeah. they're still going to be really good. It's the uniquely American, everything has to have a number one. Like, everything has to be one, two, three levels. This one's better, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, Serbian Professional League knows the NBA's out there. And when their guys succeed, it's great. But they're not out there trying to get all of their stars into the NBA. No. 
you, you want to try as, as best you can to keep your guys. Yeah. And some guys are going to go to the NFL because they're going to have, they're going to play well in, in your league. Mm-hmm. Their contract is going to end and the, and the NFL is going to want them, whatever that may be. Right. Backup quarterback, buy for, for a job on a roster. That's fine. And if it doesn't work out there, then they come back to your league. Yeah. But, but don't celebrate that. Like, Hey, look what we accomplished right. here. It's like, Hey, stop that. We're not the NFL. Yeah. We all know that. Try to be, don't try to be not the be NFL. Be the best you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not like Stuart Smalley here. Jordan, be the first LeBron. Don't be the next USFL. Be the first whatever. And they should handle it that way and stop the cow. And if they happen to go to the league, they go to the league, but don't, but don't celebrate it. And if Jerry Jones wants to buy the whole thing, take his money and run and then let him deal with it. <laughs> We know his thoughts on, well, do we know his thoughts on officiating after listening? No, nope. no, no, we don't. All right. It's uh, 944. Got some garbage time coming up. Still time to text. And, oh, we got one from Mr. Beauregard, who I saw the other day here in the radio station. Oh, yeah. He was poking around. Yeah, it? it was good to see Steve the other we day. We sent him through the car wash, or was he just doing one one thing? I think it was only a one shot. It was just a one shot, yeah. yeah. So uh, maybe the parade of lights could reduce the number of ATVs and motorcycles from 800 to 200 or so. Probably one of my favorite Parade of Lights moments, though, was riding an ATV in the parade. That's everybody's. That was it. That was it. But I can understand why Steve would feel the way. My favorite Parade of Lights, driving the vehicle. That was like. With the heat on. Yeah. It was fantastic. It was great. It was like riding on the ATV. Yep. It's fun. But yeah, I think Steve's got a point about that. All right, 945, and it's time for. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, we go to 1939. Iowa's Niall Kinnick, who they named the stadium after, wins the Heisman Trophy, the back pass for 638 yards and 11 touchdowns and rushed for 374 yards. Also, war hero Niall Kinnick as well. Uh, 1961, Syracuse running back Ernie Davis becomes the first black player to win the Heisman Trophy. 1986, Miami's Vinny Testaverde wins the Heisman Trophy in a runaway. Quarterback led the nation in passing efficiency, won by 1,541 points over Temple running back Paul Palmer, the country's top rusher. 1990, the Tampa Bay Lightning and Ottawa Senators receive approval to join the NHL in 1992 and 1993. And uh, two more here, 1992, Jerry Rice becomes the NFL's career leader in touchdown catches with his 101st scoring pass during the fourth quarter of the Niners' 27-3 win over Miami. He surpassed Steve Largent's mark of 100. And 1998, Denver with a 35-31 comeback win over Kansas City becomes the third 13-0 team in NFL history. The Broncos joined the 1934 Chicago Bears and the 1972 Miami Dolphins with the 13-0 mark. All right, we will take a break. We'll come back. Garbage time on the way next on The Jim Davis Show. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Nine forty-nine, Jim and the Buckeye boy. It's time to open up the lid and hop in. It's garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right. Uh, saw this on the Athletic. They uh, they have a piece about NFL attendance, biggest risers and fallers year to year. Mm-hmm. 
And so they have what they call the, the Tier 1 Guaranteed Sellouts. Now, this is on percentage of capacity that they're that they're ranked on this. Okay. Where do you think the Avalanche sit in terms of percentage of capacity at Ball Arena? A ranking, not the percentage, right? The ranking, yes, not the percentage. I'm going to say ninth. They're fifth. Huh. Vegas Golden Knights, Minnesota Wild, Boston Bruins, Nashville, then the Avalanche. Hmm. And so they they kept uh, Arizona out of this survey with Mullet Arena because they've sold out every game and only you know seats like one what under five thousand yeah. fans. So <laughs> like that. So they're they're not even they're not even including them in this list. But you have, uh, average attendance for the Avalanche eighteen thousand one eighty two. Uh, the NHL capacity for Mullet Arena is forty six hundred. Yeah, so they just said it's it's so small that how do you that compare you to these can't others? Accurately compare. Right. So they like so they kept it out of it. As far as your uh, most empty seats, San Jose. Well, that tracks. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've watched some San Jose this year, and I wish I hadn't. <laughs> And so, for the Avalanche, by the way, uh, since December of 2022, attendance is up, uh, they say, a, a change of 564% that it's improved in terms of attendance. Helps when you win, doesn't it? Helps when you win. Yeah. When you're successful, it cures a lot of ills. Mm-hmm. You got something. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm reading an article about Buster Oney, and he's he's up in arms about Shohei Otani and the secrecy Involved with his free agency. Dave Roberts made a comment that, yeah. that the Dodgers had talked to Otani. To the point that... Dodger Brass was not happy with him. The Otani camp has said it will hold leaks against teams if they leak that Otani's been meeting with them. And there's a nugget in here about when Otani won the MVP, he had his dog, right? And people tried to figure, what's the name of the dog? We don't know a lot about Shohei Otani. What's your dog's name? Otani's camp said they were not prepared to release that information. It's a dog's name. Come on, guys. Let's this. And so at that down. point, I was like, okay, Otani can do whatever he wants in his free agency. That nugget from Buster Olney was like, is Shohei Otani or someone in his camp making him out to be kind of a tool? Because that's very much a tool thing. Hey, what's the name of your dog? I'm not going to tell you. That's personal. It's a dog's name. Who it's cares? It's not like the dog's... The dog's going to love it. Hey, more people know my name. This is awesome. Do they have treats? Do you have bacon? Hey, is there a ball? Throw I don't ball. know you, but I love you. You can both throw <laughs> and hit the ball. I love you twice as much. It's it's. It just is the most asinine thing. But and that, the more it, I read about Otani's free agency, the less I like it. That sounds like something his people around him would do. Yeah. Almost feels like that. I, 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 I get it. It's a different culture. He's Japanese in terms of his mm-hmm. private life and things like that. But that's it's a dog. Who cares? Right. Like if you got a fiance and kids and you don't don't I, care. I get I get that. I understand. Come on, your dog. I understand that. But this is seriously. Yeah. Also, Apple announcing they've released their top college football broadcast rankings. Yeah. Uh let's see. Number five. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Noah Eagle, Ian's kid, and Todd Blackledge on NBC on a Big Ten football night. Hmm. Number five, 
Number four, I like the work of Brad Nessler. I think Brad Nessler is really good. Always solid. When Gary Danielson's not stumping for Alabama, Danielson's fine. Mm-hmm. Therefore, Jason Benetti and Brock Heward, number three. I really I like Benetti a lot. Yeah, he's going to be Tigers play-by-play yep. guy now. Brock Heward, I think, has come a long way. Mm-hmm. Sean McDonough, Greg McElroy is number two. Mm-hmm. I go back and forth on McDonough a lot. Yeah. And then number one, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet. No Sir. love for Gus and Joel Klatt, huh? Gus and Joel Klatt are eighth. Ooh. I think Klatt's really good. Taste. Yeah. I like I like Joel Klatt a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't like I don't dislike Gus. I like Nestler better. I like Fowler better. Yeah. Uh, Gus is sometimes a lot. I'm not a few huge Joe Tessitore, Jesse Palmer fan. They have them sixth. Yeah. Like Dave Pash. Love the work of Dave Pash. Yeah. It's very good. We talked to CSU. Dusty Dvorak works with him. We talked to CSU earlier this hour. I want to throw this in there. Uh, the nation's leading shot put thrower at 18.5 meters, Brock Lesnar's daughter, Maya, for Colorado State. Fantastic. Say nice things or you're going to get <laughs> suplexed into oblivion. All right. And that's our show for today. Back with you tomorrow morning at 7 on the Team Sports Network.